What happens to those voters? Will they stick with him? Uh, nobody really knows. Hi there, it's WAMC News Director Ian Pickus. And on this episode of the WAMC News Podcast, the Republican frontrunner and the legal case. Well, as former President Donald Trump continues to near his third Republican nomination, his sprawling legal troubles are playing out at the same time. It's all led to an unprecedented moment in American politics as November's pivotal election quickly approaches. The new documentary Democracy on Trial, now airing on Frontline on PBS, takes an exhaustive look at Trump's court cases and the American systems straining under the weight. This is a fraud on the American public. This is an embarrassment to our country. We were getting ready to win this election. Frankly, we did win this election. And Democracy on Trial director Michael Kirk joins us now. Thank you for being with us. My pleasure, Ian. Thank you for having me. So your film largely looks back at the fallout from the big election lie and then the January 6th committee. What did you learn while going through so much footage and interviews about uh, the post-election period and that day that you didn't know before? Oh, there's so, so many things. The the level of, uh, you know, urgent fear, anxiety, uh, uh, whatever you want to call it, that was palpable among the White House staff around Trump when uh, January 6th finally came around. The backstory on Mike Pence, the vice president, the the relationship of, uh, of uh, all the people who were vying for Trump's attention inside his own group, the lawyers who were fighting with the other lawyers, the staffers who were uh, all fighting with each other and fighting with Trump, the electricity around the White House during the 187 minutes that was uh, that was uh, how long it took for Trump to leave the stage in the ellipse until he finally came out into the into the Rose Garden and and issued a, a, a you know a, a video that said uh, we love you uh, uh, go home be peaceful and go home uh, seeing all of it play out the way it did and hearing the stories and meeting the people who were the supporters of Trump. Uh, uh, voted for him, uh, worked for him, uh, worked in their official capacities in Arizona and in Georgia and other places, hearing their stories, getting to know uh, Rusty Bowers in in, uh, Arizona or Brad Raffensperger, who had received a phone call, a pleading phone call from Donald Trump, getting, getting inside of all of that and the effects of the lies and the back and forth uh, the role of Rudy Giuliani, the role of others, the discussions about martial law uh, in the Oval Office in, in late at night uh, with Sidney Powell perhaps becoming the czar of, of martial law in America. Shocking uh, uh, material. Uh, uh, all of it as it rolled out as we assembled the film, it just really felt like this is essential history. Something that and not only our viewers now, but viewers in the future uh, should watch uh, 
as a uh, as we approach this critical moment for democracy and what is being called the trial of the century in Washington on potentially on March 4th as Donald Trump faces uh, Jack Smith, the special counsel uh, in, a, in a trial, a criminal trial for the first time in American history, a president charged with crimes in office. That, that landscape and going inside of it as we have for six or eight months has been just an amazing education uh, uh, at many levels about rule of law, about uh, uh, about how congressional congressional committees work, and about how the Trump White House operated. You know, the point's been made a lot of times about the last time through all of this that some of the people you mentioned showed a lot of heroism in standing up to their party, the, you know, a president that they had helped to elect in many cases when the chips were down, like elections officials in Georgia who refused to find the 11,000 votes or Rusty Bowers, who you mentioned, who was a high profile Arizona Republican uh, who demanded to see evidence from Rudy Giuliani that didn't exist. There is concern that a lot of those guardrails have melted away this time around as Trump has really remade the GOP in his own image. Is that a fear that you share? Well, um, it's, it's it, yes, fear, fear, unrealized uh, fear is an ongoing com or a constant companion as you move through all this material. You're really, you're really, there's so many what ifs, uh, so many unknowns. Uh, and, and yes, uh, uh, Congress, members of Congress, Republicans in good standing, once upon a time, members of Congress telling us that they are afraid, uh, afraid, physically afraid, that they're afraid for their families uh, if they go the other way uh, on on many of these issues. Uh, yes, it's uh, it, it it as you as you watch it, as you assemble it, as you think about the implications of what you're doing, as you make a a film like this, it is. Uh, and as you begin to feel a sense of the undercurrent that's really rumbling through the whole story and all the actions, all the characters, and the idea that there may be a whole new group of people who have been brought into government at the state level, very smart uh, political move by uh, former President Trump and and uh, the people around him to uh, change the, try to change the election officials in key States. I mean, uh, people tell us there are basically six or seven states where the whole campaign will be fought out, and uh, whether those uh, in, in those states the election officials are uh, willing when they faced what Rusty Bowers and Brad Raffensperger and others faced, which is, are they true to their oath uh, uh, to the Constitution, or are they true to the political party that either is threatening them or uh, who they agree with? Um, that's that's the new wrinkle that's coming. If especially if it's in a if it's a a really close election, and it may not need to be if Trump loses. We've been through this before, where we uh, where we watch him uh, claim a victory, where uh, in the face of defeat, uh, could it happen again? It sure could. Uh, or what do the Democrats do if it appears that Trump has has uh, has won? Uh, whether he won fair and square or not, what will the Democrats do? Uh, 
uh, what will others do in the society, uh, the disenfranchised and the sort of people in the middle? This is what we don't know. And it's really why I say this is a pivotal, critical moment for the democracy. How, whether there are things inside our democracy that will accommodate uh, the intensity of the difference of opinion. That's a, a, a gentle phrase for what it is between uh, Trump's forces and Trump the candidate and Biden, Biden's forces uh, uh, coming this November. You hear Republicans who probably, if they were being honest, would, would rather have another standard bearer say that they really support the policies of the Trump era and they could do without all of the distractions, you know, in so many words. Does Trump's staying power surprise you, given that in this film that you've done and in many other places, you know, if you want to look at it, there's a lot of evidence to support the idea that, you know, this is not the kind of temperament, uh, given all of the threats and the statements and uh, the threat to democracy that we have seen once before, that this is not the person to be president and to have that power another time. Uh, and yet, you know, the election, as you say, is effectively a coin toss right now. I think uh, Donald Trump is the master of many things. And, and one of them is that he and Steve Bannon and Jeff Sessions a, a long time ago, 14, 15, uh, identified uh, the, a weakness in the Republican establishment, the conservative Republican establishment, first personified by Eric Cantor when he gets knocked off uh, and they, they can taste blood and away they go. Uh, I don't mean to be so vivid about it. I, I apologize for that. But they could see that there was an opening there, a real opening, and they could uh, and they could go for it. Uh, uh, the evolution of that, of those politics and the politics of Trump, the divider, uh, are, are in answer to an appetite among many Americans that goes way back, but you could go to the near term, back to the economic collapse of 2008, back to a latent American racism about engendered uh, a bit in response to Barack Obama's presidency, and so many other things. Uh, that uh, uh, you can attribute the division in our society to. The fact that they, that Donald Trump seems to be satisfying and knows how to pluck that string, uh, knows, how to, knows how to say to people, forget about January 6th, forget about the other things that seem to be unsavory, forget about my crude comments, forget about all that. It's all part of the show. What I'm really doing is draining the swamp. And, uh, and uh, uh, obviously, a large number of Americans uh, have great sympathy for that. And, and in fact, a strong desire to drain the swamp, not even understanding or even caring what that necessarily means. But they fear their government. They don't like the way things have gone. They, they think they pay too many taxes or whatever it is, whatever their issues are. Uh, there's too much uh, wokeness in the society. Whatever's animating them, Trump is the receptor and the divider, he's the person who leads that charge. And it's very, very effective uh, in a kind of shocking way uh, for an awful lot of other people who hate him equivalently uh, for the very things that others love him for. So it is, uh, it is, the Donald, it is Donald Trump's time. It is uh, time to, to decide about him, I suppose. 
um, they didn't want to impeach him after January 6th. But they they talked about, you know, let's get some criminal penalties going. And if those happen, maybe maybe uh, the courts can take care of it. Well, it's not such a sure thing as we learned from making our film that he's going to that he's going to lose and be found guilty. Or even if he's found guilty, he could be found guilty and uh, and be elected president and uh, apparently uh, pardon himself and uh, call his attorney general and say, turn the spigot off. I don't I don't uh, Let's not have any more special investigations of me in my last term. Well, if all those things turn out to be true, then they then people will have gotten their wish. The state of the democracy following that, especially if you have a convicted president who may actually, I don't know, it seems far-fetched, but may have to serve time. Uh, could he be the president from federal prison? I don't, I don't know. Nobody knows. But that's what's ahead of us. And we'll... Will Republicans stick with him uh, if he's convicted uh, in any of these cases, but especially the January 6th case, which is a big conspiracy case, and a lot of other co-conspirators will go down with him if he does it, if 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 he, if that if the prosecution prevails in Washington, or if uh, the prosecution of uh, Prosecutor Fannie Willis uh, prevails in Georgia, or if both of them prevail sometime during the next eight months. Uh, what happens to those voters? Will they stick with him? Uh, nobody really knows. Watching your film, it occurred to me that, you know, you can imagine a scenario where Trump came out and said, listen, we're going to count every vote. It's exceedingly close. Uh, thanks, everyone um, who supported me. And we'll we'll see how things go. Uh, cut to a few days later. Okay, I've lost. It was very close. I'm so proud of what we did over the previous four years. Uh, and we'll be, you know, be working with President elect Biden, but we'll be holding him uh, to account as he takes office, too. He could be in the exact same situation today had he done that. It's not too hard to imagine. Yes. Uh, in fact, that's what some of his staff were arguing for. Be, be smart about this. Uh, say you're going to wait a little while to to, to uh, send uh, congratulations to Joe Biden. Let's explore every avenue, legal and otherwise. Uh, when when they and when they didn't, when they couldn't find fraud at the level it would have been necessary to find it, uh, they could have. They they said to him, "You'll come back. You'll be stronger than ever. Uh, in uh, 24 will be your year." especially if the things we fear about Joe Biden become true. And they must have been dancing on the tables when Afghanistan happened uh, in Biden's early, early months. Uh, uh, I think, uh, and, and, and those who were arguing for Trump to follow that uh, lead uh, must have uh, uh, really regretted that he chose the, the strategy that Rudy Giuliani argued strongly for, which is fight, 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 and... Uh, and, and and start complaining about how the election was rigged, which is a very comfortable thing for Trump to do. He's basically been doing it all of his life. He's never lost uh, anything, including the Emmy Awards, uh, according to Trump. Uh, fairly, everything has been rigged, and uh, and 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 that's what he did last time. But if he would have done the other, uh, would he have been uh, a runaway winner this time? I don't know. The society's still pretty darn divided, but. Uh, but perhaps, uh, perhaps, I, I don't know that Joe Biden is the strongest candidate to go up against uh, an energized 
Donald Trump in the 2024 election if Trump had had acted uh, differently. But of course, you, you know enough about Donald Trump if you've followed his life as as I have and made, I make a film every four years or we make a film every four years called The Choice, which is about the two candidates. And we done, we've done it twice about Trump's biography. So we know him pretty well. It would have been very uncharacteristic if Donald Trump would have would have done what you've suggested. It's very compelling work. Uh, the new film is called Democracy on Trial. It's staring on PBS as part of the Frontline series. And we've been speaking with director Michael Kirk. Uh, always a pleasure. And uh, as you say, I'm sure we'll be talking again soon. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Ian. I am sure it is going to be in, in our each of our futures. Okay, that does it for this episode of the WAMC News Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, I'm Ian Pickus.